Solo Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by celebrity spray tanner and founder of Isle of Paradise, Jules Von Hepp. Now, I always spend this entire intro giving you a bit of background on the brand and the person behind it, but I want to keep it brief this time because there's something more important in this podcast that I really want to make sure that I am highlighting. Jules, born in the UK and with a background in fashion, has worked in the beauty industry for upwards of 10 years, spray tanning the likes of Kate Moss, Blake Lively, Kendall Jenner and Sienna Miller. And his tanning brand, Isle of Paradise, is the culmination of everything he's learnt about what makes a beautiful tan over that decade. I can personally vouch for the efficacy of the entire Isle of Paradise range, but what's even more impressive than these formulas is who Jules is as a person. Jules is a body confidence advocate, the likes of which I have never come into close contact with before. And his words on the subject resonated with me so deeply that it was almost disarming. Now, I know a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're doing other things, but please, for the last 15 odd minutes of this interview, just stop whatever it is that you're doing and really listen. Now, of course, his entire story is fun and inspiring and his brand is incredible and it is a personal favorite of mine, but his message regarding body confidence and self-perception is probably the most important message I've ever been given the opportunity to share thus far on this podcast. Um, And I am of the belief that this is something that everyone really needs to hear. I caught up with Jules while he was in Sydney for Mechaland after he gave me what was easily one of the best spray tans I have ever had in my life. And we talked building a brand from the ground up, the importance of diversity and inclusivity within the beauty space and why we need to get a grip and make peace with our bodies. So you are originally from, I want to say Yorkshire, but do you say Yorkshire? (laughs) You say Yorkshire? I think it depends where you're from, but I, in my own accent, say Yorkshire. Okay, well, I'm going to say Yorkshire as well. Then you moved to Manchester then oh to my God, London. Me. This is so yeah, great. I went real deep. Then to London, back to Manchester, then to Sydney, back to London. But before all of that, what was your first real memory of beauty? Um, my first memory of beauty is trying on my mum's lipstick the first time that I was left in the house on my own. Oh my I must God. have been about eight. Yeah. And I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I remember, I can't remember what lipstick it was. I think it was a Chanel one. Um, she does. Oh, you taste. started so fancy. <laughs> she worked her way down, doll. Um, and then my, I think the real product where I fell in love with beauty was Aveda's exfoliating shampoo. That's so specific. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm a Virgo doll. Like <laughs> it was, I remember being in the shower at university and washing my hair and thinking, this is incredible. It's so extra. This is like my kind of beauty. And the Elvive was cast to the side. And yeah, I just see you later. Was, was straight into high-end shampoo. Oh my God. Did you ever imagine that you would end up in beauty or were you just enjoying this feeling of being that extra? <laughs> <laughs> always extra but to be honest I didn't think a career in beauty existed uh-huh. um I went to a big posh boy school and yeah. that sounds like one word 
big posh big boys posh school. Boys school. Um, and so we were always told like careers involve medicine or law or physics or mm-hmm. all the things that sent my eyes like a cartoon frog. Yeah. Just like what? <laughs> um, and so I chose fashion as my degree, um, thought I should have worked in fashion. And then in this agency that I was working in my first internship, they had a beauty P- PR section mm-hmm. and that's when I first discovered beauty there you go so I mean you was you studied fashion and you were like working in that industry I I heard or read that you decided on that after flipping a coin true or false true oh my true. god so it was going to be fashion or interior design I went around all the universities in Scotland found all my courses for interior design like was yeah. absolutely sold on it and the night before, my gut just went, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. And I flipped and I said, Dad, if it goes on to tails, I'm doing fashion. Mm-hmm. Boom, went on to tails. <gasps> so I scrubbed out all my university forms, wrote all these courses in that I never even looked at and sent it. How'd your parents take it? <laughs> oh, look, they, I'm, I wasn't the easiest teenager. <laughs> so I think they were just happy that I was going to university. Yeah. Um, okay, so you studied fashion after making that choice. At what point did you sort of become, I guess, like disillusioned with the fashion industry? There, oh gosh, there's so many elements of fashion that I knew it just wasn't the right industry for me. I think it, it's such an incredible industry and yeah. the creations that fashion designers make and runway shows are amazing because I still work and have worked backstage as part of the makeup and beauty team. Mm-hmm. So I'm still within the fashion world, but to work as a fashion professional it's such a way of life that for me I found quite offensive and I found that the view like I heard a Calvin Klein casting I heard somebody tell a model to go and vomit in the toilet before a show no and I was only 21 I was like struggling with eating disorders myself and I just remember thinking no This isn't for me. This isn't for me. I need like friendliness. I need warmth. I need happiness. And fashion for me and my experience was not giving me that. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, you hear about these things happening, but then to actually hear it happening. Yeah, I've had the whole thing. The fur coat slammed on the desk. The going out and buying 16 coffees. Like I watched Devil Wears Prada. I'm like, that was my life. I was that girl, but I got out. Thank Christ. So you were working in magazines when you were in Sydney. When I was in Sydney, I worked for Vogue. Yeah. Oh, just a, like a small I mag. know, I know. Um, it was so, it was just so by fluke. Um, because I applied to loads of brands that I'd worked for in the UK and they were like, they weren't hiring. And this one woman was like, look, Vogue <laughs> are looking for a beauty assistant and we think you'd be great. And oh so I, I did that for 10 months and then... Got made redundant because the recession hit here. Ah, yes, that'll do it. That'll do it. (laughs) And they weren't hiring Brits. So then I worked at the Bally store in Sydney um, and just saved money. And then that's when I was like selling all my furniture and getting ready to travel. And it's so funny. I was in, I went to the Maya Mecca today Mm. to look at like beauty products. (laughs) And I was like, I then said to the girls I was like I used to have my lunch underneath this store and they were like oh it's awful I was like it's all fried and it's amazing when you're hungover (laughs) (laughs) I was like it has a lot of good memories for me this food hall how long were you in Sydney for because you've got the accent 
down pat. Thank you, doll. Um, I was here for a year, but I made the most incredible friends. And it was one of those, it was one of those experiences that changed me as a person. And I think I really grew into my skin here. I realized that I could move to the other side of the world and make friends, land a banging job, Mm. live. Yeah, that's a big one. Like live and not phone my parents and be like, ah, I messed up. Like I need help. Um, so I keep coming back as much as I can, but then luckily through my career, I've picked up clients who live in Sydney and Melbourne. And so I get flown back to do spray tans here. And it's a really nice way. Like I, the London, Sydney flights is like a commute for me. Oh my God. You must be the only person that's ever said that. (laughs) Jesus. Apart from Debbie, who works in the (laughs) ear. (laughs) Just seeing the world. Am I also right in saying that the eucalyptus scent in your formula is inspired by your time? Yeah. When you um, create your own product, it's the most insane feeling because you can, um, you literally get to do exactly what you want. That's the dream. But it's such a surreal experience because as an expert, you're given formulations, you're given products, you're told what to say, you're told to perform, you're basically like a performing monkey. Mm -hmm. And then when you're like... It's such a good analogy. Yeah, you're just like, give me the symbols. But then all your knowledge that you've learned from working with bodies and skin types Mm. and tones and textures and all the complaints and problems that you've heard from clients and from press and from followers on social media along the way, when it then comes to the point where you bring out the answer to all of that and you... Like creating little things like the label and the the words that are written on the label and the fragrance. The fragrance for me was so important because I knew that Isle of Paradise was going to stand so separate from every other brand. I knew that what I wanted to do was like, I'm not swimming the same way as every other fish. No way. And the eucalyptus and peppermint is inspired by my time in Sydney because it's it's confidence in a bottle, it's happiness in a bottle, and that's what Sydney did to me. I love that. Mm. That's so nice. Um, yeah, I might. I'll just end it here. Don't that's cry. Don't I cry. I just tanned you. Oh my Don't God. ruin it. <laughs> I'd sooner remove... And someone got us some, some cotton wool. I'd sooner remove a limb than <laughs> cry after a tan. Her legs literally dropped off, dear listener. <laughs> He's not kidding. You have credited facialist Nicola Joss with really establishing your... See, I did. I really did my research. She kind of established your career yeah. in the beauty industry. Was it four years you were assisting yeah, her? Yeah, yeah. And that's when you were doing like X Factor Strictly. So I met Nicola um, through Saint-Tropez when I was working there. Uh-huh. Um, and she... Being a like a third assistant, I started as a third assistant. So I was the bitch that got the coffees. I was the yeah. one that like took the cloths home and washed them. I packed that kit up. I mm-hmm. unpacked it. I did everything. Lifted the cases. Then you move super in super glam. So, oh my god, it's the most unglamorous thing ever. <laughs> but when you're doing shows, when you're doing jobs, when you're traveling with that one person, mm. you learn everything. Yeah. And moving into second, moving into first, like it's such a growth. And it's such a gorgeous time. But it, you get to the point where even Nicola knew that I was ready to not be her assistant anymore because she'd right. reached for something and I'd know exactly what she needed. Uh-huh. And I'd already preload the mitts and I'd already m- be mixing the shades that she needed of tan when we were doing shows. And so it it's just so I owe so much to Nicola. I owe so much training to mm-hmm. her. Like I didn't know that tan could be used the way 
can be used until I started working with Nicola. Right. And then I would assist her on shoots in the week. And then at the weekend, I would do Dancing with the Stars and X Factor. Oh, my God. So it's a very different 10, the Dancing with the Stars. So Dancing ten. with the Stars, when I joined it, I got poached from the X Factor. And I said to them in the meeting, I said, you know... What's really sad about your show is that it's known for bad tans. Yeah. And that's all I'm reading. And I said, why? Why have you let it get like this? Like, it should be about the amazing contestants, about yeah. the makeup, about the glamour, about the aspiration of the show. I said, you need me to change this. You oh need God, me to turn this best, around. like, approach to a meeting. And I did it. Nobody wrote about after the first year it was a little bit here and there but not much just to keep up appearances yeah. and then boom nobody was writing about the tan no and it stopped and i did that i love it oh, that's a fun little anecdote I'm, I'm all about fake tan should look real yes and i think that message has been diluted people think that they need to look a certain way mm. from a project but mm-hmm. like let's boil this back to basics Tan was designed to make you look healthy Mm -hmm. and make you look like you've been on a vacation. Yes. Not to make you look like you've bought a bottle of tan. Mm -hmm. Like there's, and once you, once that penny drops and you go, oh my God, what am I doing? Then it's time to start reaching for proper tanning formulations and for proper application tips that give you that best result. Well, Mike, you've kind of answered my next question because I was going to ask... I have a habit of doing that. No, I love it. That's so good because I was going to ask, I mean, just a, like a couple of small names, Kate Moss, Blake Lively, Kendall Jenner, Sienna Miller, just small little names that you've looked after. I was going to ask what is it about your approach to tanning that makes you a go-to for all of these people, but I guess it's that. It's that it looks real. I think there's so many... There's so much... People say what makes you the best spate on it in the world and... Anybody, anybody can paint a fence. You yep. could pick up a spray tan gun and do a spray tan. You say that? No, but, but like <laughs> physically you could do it on yeah. somebody. It's everything else. Apart that from that limb that I just lost, it might I be I know, a that's little, rolled away. I, like, you're going to need to get that back. It's yeah. waving at me like it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. It's the listening to your client. It's listening yeah. to what they want. It's also knowing your place, mm-hmm. knowing when to speak, knowing when not to speak. Um, still learning that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also it's saying like, I'm very open and honest with my clients when they book me. I say, I, if you want that mahogany deep bronze, if you want to change your skin tone by like 12 shades, it's not going hun, I'm no. not the tanner for you. Mm-hmm. But if you want glow, if you want sun kissed, if you mm-hmm. want like non-detectable tan, then I'm your man. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the appoint- an appointment with me is so much more than in spray go. It's yeah. I use like in various treatments, I'll use crystals. We'll do a little bit of cleansing. Like I had. Cleanse- I'm so mad for crystals. I'm a closet hippie cleansed the whole room before you came for a tan with palo santo like the whole energy is different i have like special tanning playlists and it's also if you imagine having a spray tan it's a very liberating feeling standing and being naked so i really focus on that and i really make people feel comfortable it's Mm. i can personally vouch for that i'm more than a spray tanner i'm a body confidence champion and I am I'm that person who stood at the sidelines for you with the pom-poms with the miniskirt attempting to do a high kick and that's what he'll be wearing at Mechaland tomorrow 
So <laughs> <laughs> he's just got the visual. I've just watched it. I haven't shaved my legs. <laughs> Plenty of time. Okay, so at this point you are doing all of these tans. At what point have you gone, okay, I need to create my own formula? Um, I was so ready to give up. I was so ready to stop tanning. Mm-hmm. I had got to the point where my kits were so big and I was literally like lugging in so much product and makeup and tan and moisturizers and I just couldn't connect with a single tan out there. I couldn't, I looked at the bottles, I looked at the branding, I smelt Mm -hmm. them, I saw the end results, I saw the fade I thought is literally oh is, the fade. I was like, is <laughs> this is this it? Is this all we've got? Dry, stinky, orange, patchy, like itchy. Is that literally all that this market's mm. got? And that's when I I just said I remember I remember the exact moment. I remember standing in boots in London. And I just thought, if I don't do this, nobody else is going to do it. And I need to flip this category upside down. I need to talk about body confidence. I need to combine makeup and tan together. Because I'm the only tanner that's also a makeup artist. Mm. And I need to just make it fun again. Tanning isn't about looking like somebody else. Tanning isn't about wearing that tight dress on a weekend to go out and pull. That's not what tanning is to me. Tanning to me is putting it on... The moment you look in the mirror the next day and you go, holy shit, I mm. look like me. Yeah. That's what tan is. It's that. It's the cloak of confidence. It's the sheet of happiness. It's that mo- you, when you skip down the street, when people look at you, when you catch yourself in a car window and you're like, yes, mm. that's tan. Which I do a little bit too often, but now I'm really looking forward to waking up tomorrow and just being... Mm. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's no time more glamorous than the hour before a spray tan. I loved that line. It was, oh, it was incredible. Thank you. Hair removal, thank makeup you, removal, journalist. waxing. <laughs> there's your headline. Oh, all over it. So, okay, so you have realized there's nothing on the market that is as amazing as it could be. It's one thing to have this idea, but then what, like, what are the next steps? How do you finance it? How do you formulate? How do you like go through this process? <sighs> Nobody tells you who's launched a brand how hard it is to do it. Everyone's like, yeah, it's great. It's amazing. Wow, they're so clever. But honestly, it's so hard. And I met my business partners and they were the ones who put the idea in my head mm-hmm. initially in a conversation. Um, and you find the factory and I was so adamant that it was all going to be made in one factory in the UK mm-hmm. Um, because to say that you're vegan, to say that you're cruelty-free, to really stamp those claims on, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to yeah. be like, yeah, it's all cruelty-free when something's come from China or something's come from somewhere else. And you don't and know. And people do, I like, put the labels on that don't necessarily... Mm, there's a lot of washing. There's a lot of grey lines, yeah. but when you know where it's all made and you go visit the labs and you go yeah. meet the people and you're in the white jacket and you yourself have got the goggles on, mm. you know what's going down. Um, but it takes, it's it's hard. Conversations are hard and what you might believe for you and your world and how mm. you see beauty 
might ne not necessarily be how everyone else sees beauty. So you have to change things. And like on the back of the pack, I wanted to write essays. I, wanna, I was like, <laughs> I need to tell you this. 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 And like in the beginning, Island Paradise had Love Jewels on it. It yeah. had Love Jewels on the bottle. It had my name on the bottle. And then I remember waking up one day and I was like, it, it, this is not, this brand is not about me. It's got nothing to do with me. It's about them. It's about whoever you are buying it. So we uh -huh. took all my name off. We took everything off. And I'm so happy that I trusted my gut with that because it's made Out of Paradise such, it's like, it's me. It, it is me. Yeah, of course. It's totally me in the bottle. It's everything. Mm -hmm. And my friends are like, it's just like looking at you on the shelf. <laughs> but it's so nice not having my name on it. It's, it's such a lovely feeling because it has this, it's not about me. Yeah. Which I think is important. Yeah, definitely. Um, talk to me about the name because I love this story. I love Paradise. Um, the reason why it's called that. So, listen, when you're trying to think of a name, mm -hmm. you literally, and um, I've, I've heard my friends say this when they're thinking of baby names, you walk around things and you're like, lamp. Oh my God, lamp tan. Lamp tan. <laughs> Wood tan, panel tan, duvet. Oh my god, suitcase. Oh my god, ice cream. Oh, oh, wet sprinkles. Oh my god, sprinkle tan. And you just your brain is like ADHD for tanning names. And then I stripped it all back. And when I need to get creative, I have to go somewhere on my own. I need like a banging playlist. I need a glass of wine, mm -hmm. and I need to just sit and meditate for a bit, and then get in the zone. Yeah. And I thought about what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Why do I tan? Well, I tan to go shopping with my mum. I tan to see my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. I tan to take selfies. Yeah. I love a selfie. Um, and also I tan to make me feel more confident. So those times that I'm wearing tan, it's paradise. Mm -hmm. So Isle of Paradise is the mental state of mind that you take yourself to when you are tanned. And really, Isle of Paradise is the moment when you look in the mirror, when your tans develop, you've got your clothes on, you're like, I look insane. Mm. I love that because my mum, she's stopped asking now, but for many years I'd be tanning and she's like, oh, what have you got on this week? Oh, no, no, nothing. I just want to feel amazing. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like a weekly. For me, it's a ritual. It's yeah. a weekly thing, and like I never fly with tan on because an aircraft, especially long haul. Oh my god! I just look at a plane and everything is sucked out. Of yeah, I mean, I may as well leave that at check in when they take your case. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to take my tan as well? <laughs> um, I mean, and there are so many tips to keep your tan hydrated when you fly. If you're going on a yeah. holiday, like don't drink alcohol on the flight. Moisturize. No, like, never moisturize. <laughs> <laughs> and also go two shades darker and fly and you'll be the optimum color when you get there okay i on the other hand am such a tanner at the other end right and that moment when i land and i've got no tan on and mm. you're swollen and i look red i'm like oh jesus <laughs> and then throw the tan on and i wake up and i'm reborn oh i love that <laughs> yeah i don't fly with tan on either just i don't know maybe it's just because i haven't like got the timing right gets to i'm about to get on the plane i'm like Got something. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh. Okay, so which product came first? You've got the name, you've, you know, started financing. What came first? Oh my god, I don't know which one came first. That's like that's like talking about your kids. <laughs> um I think do you know what the core products all came at the same time? The, okay. The drops. Like a story. Yeah, the drops, <laughs> the mousse and the waters were all really the the ones in the pipeline. And 
It's a big range. Like this, thir- it's massive. It's the third. We launched with thirteen skews, and for, for a brand to launch with thirteen, that's like I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. I'm doing Hi. this. <laughs> um, because a lot of experts launch with one or two, they dip mm. the toe in. That's becoming sort of the thing now, isn't it? Launch with one product. Yeah, not th- not this one, doll. Oh she went in with 13. It's such a risk, though, because if that product fails, your business is done. I mean, pack your case up yeah. and find something else Good to do. Good chat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I was adamant that we needed three shades. Yeah. Because... I'd spent so long listening to my clients and it was, I want a light tan, but I want to glow. I want to Mm -hmm. look healthier. So I knew that Peach Colour Corrective was a thing because I was putting it on skin backstage. Yeah. Green tans, green mixed in with tan will hide redness and inflammation. So Mm -hmm. I knew that that's a very common skin type as well. Yeah. Um, especially for those working professionals, busy mums, anyone like that who's suffering from that inflammation. Mm -hmm. So we added in a green pigment, super balanced complex, but also Agastache Mexicana flower, which is a derivative. Oh, that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't loads it? Loads of practice. Um, that's a derivative of mint, so it actually cools mm-hmm. the skin. Then violet base. Yeah. Obvious color theory, you put violet in, it cancels yellow orange tone, so it neutralizes the tan, so you get the best dark tan possible. So I knew my pillars that I needed. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I basically just had to flash a nipple to get all those products. But my business yeah. partner was like, yep, okay. Flash a nipple. Don't Pop flash a those. Get free shit. That's, <laughs> that's it. Is that a saying? I think I saw it on Instagram and I really just... Pop a tick, get free shit. Yeah. Cool. That's. How did you build your business? <laughs> well, I want to add those... time to be alive. <laughs> For anyone that hasn't tried it, though, because I feel like there are so many tans that go, oh, we're green-based, but it's green-green. Yours is a neutralising green. There are so many tan formulas that it's are like not a Shrek Hulk vibe. green, yeah. hun. Like, no. You don't need that. But like, that exists. It, it exists because the person who makes it thinks that we are stupid. Yes. We are not stupid. We know t- beauty. We know, like what we know what green is we're like yeah. you don't need it to come out and you're like no. great radioactive oh. moose perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> sold no it's it just needs to be a subtle green to do its job yeah what was the most complicated to develop like of the formulas oh my gosh um over it our glycolic yeah. mesolatan remover um stability issues like it takes a long time and when you're working with like micellar and glycolic acid together mm-hmm. and all of the other ingredients you can have a, a couple of problems on the yes. way um it's all a learning process it is all a learning process and when you launch a brand you just don't know you don't know what's going to happen you don't like you just trust your gut and you go with it and then little things come up along the way and you're like okay we just need to sort this out quickly <laughs> What were your, I mean, we've obviously talked about the scent. What were your other non-negotiables when you were? Can't use the word sexy in any media in any way, shape or form. Um, No girl on the Instagram feed is to look provocative. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like a huge thing for Ala Paradise. It's not about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything has to be super, like the messaging has to be super colloquial because that's mm-hmm. how I am. I wanted it to feel like I'm in the bathroom with you. So that's yeah. why if you read the ba- back of the pack, it's like, eat some ice cream, babe. Koi best mate. Do whatever you want. That's what this tan is. It's your mate. Mm-hmm. Um, As someone who has just been in the bathroom with you, I can vouch for that being a really fun time. So 
It's just it's Mega Lol's twenty four seven fifty two doll. <laughs> like it needed to. Be, it 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 has. We don't. We never lie. Yeah. I can't lie. And like, real bodies. Real bodies. This was a big. Yes. It was a big thing. Yeah. This is what I wanted to talk about because there's so many things about this brand that make it so. Like as you said, you are swimming in a completely different direction. The campaigns. There's every different skin tone represented. There's all these beautiful unairbrushed bodies that are not just the one size. Why is that not the norm is what I don't understand. So I don't, you know what? Like, I don't know. And you can go out into the stores and you can see most of the tanning campaigns that are still active from three years ago. And I did those spray tans. Yeah. And for me, when I stood there doing those tans and, you know, I honestly, guys, like I had to smile and nod and be that person who was getting paid to do the tan and be on the shoot and be like, yeah, it's what the client wants. Yeah. But inside, I was crying because that for me was not a true representation of women, of shapes, of textures, of sizes, of skin tones, everything. And it was just really demoralizing and when we started Isle of Paradise it was very much in the brand's DNA that I was non-negotiable I wasn't budging the heels were in and we were using real bodies I didn't care if a retailer didn't like it did you have any pushback a little bit a little bit um but we fought hard Mm -hmm. and I had to say this is the right thing to do you have Mm -hmm. to trust me and I said I have worked for 10 years I am a known global celebrity spray tanner if I don't do this and if I don't use real bodies and real women in campaigns nobody is ever going to do this and this industry is not going to change Mm -hmm. so we have to do it and you know, the night before we launched, it was shit scary because you were like, oh, oh no beauty brand was doing it. Yeah. No beauty brand was doing it. Like a couple here and there, but like no one. Well, I mean, there's still, even now there's only a sprinkling. It went loco. Like it just exploded. It yeah. was so obvious that the world was ready for real. Yeah. And the dms that i got and even now even now when i walk into a mecca when i walk into sephora when i meet people who sell the products or use the products same message thank you for using bodies that look like Mm. mine i look like that girl yeah i identify with this girl i didn't know black people could use tan i'm hispanic can i use tan of course yeah of course you can and it's such an honor to be able to stand and I'll know that on my deathbed when I croak it, I'll look back and I'll be like, you nailed that, Jules. What a nice, like, you know, yeah. feeling to go it's out really with nice. when it's you really croak nice. it. It's really nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm all <laughs> about that. I'm like, I'm, it's such a thing that's in my mind. Think of those final thoughts. What are you going to remember and what are you not going to remember? Yeah. And am I going to remember how I felt that day when your t-shirt was too tight? I'm a fuck. Am I going to remember that horrible comment that someone said? No. no. Am I going to remember everything that I've achieved in my life? Yes. I will circle back to body confidence because it is such an important thing. But while we're on the things that make your brand so different, I want to talk about 
the fact that you've got the moose, you've got the waters, you've got the drops. You were saying the waters are so popular because there's nothing else like them, and there isn't. What, you know, how, how did the process go with that? What made you, like, I mean, how did you come up with it? Because it is the most amazing product. Um, tanning waters were so new, and for me, it came from a love of no guy colour in my kit. Yeah. Um, when you're spraying, so basically, if you don't know what a tanning water is, and you're thinking, what the hell are you talking about, Jules? <laughs> it is tan. That is literally water. You yeah. spray it onto your skin. It looks like... It's like a mist. A body mist. Mm. It goes on clear and it turns into tan. I yeah. hope you've sat down. I hope you haven't dropped your cup of tea whilst listening to that. But... <laughs> yeah, road. there's tea everywhere. There's biscuits <laughs> everywhere. What? But um, it, it takes a while to make a tanning water because stability. Also, it's a clear yeah. bottle. So things in some bottles you might not see separate and things like change mm-hmm. within different products. It has to be completely pure. Luckily, we don't... Not luckily. Obviously, we don't use phthalates, parabens, um, any nasties, any, like, mm-hmm. gross ingredients. So everything stays as it should. Good. But it's a totally revolutionary way to tan. Using a tanning yeah. water, you can tan in the morning, spray your skin, dry yourself using a hairdryer on cool, wash your palms and put on a white shirt and go to work. And by one in the afternoon, you completely relaunch. Yeah. See, I'm a recent convert to your drops because I'm just making it about me. Went overseas and it was so humid that I was like, I can't use a false tan with a guide color because it's just going to melt off me. And I want to wear my beautiful white linen dresses because... Why wouldn't you? I'm on holiday. You're broke because of those dresses. <laughs> <laughs> so the dr- just having no guide color is unbelievable because it's not going to get in your sheets. It doesn't melt off. In they're amazing, but I understand that that can be a bit intimidating for some people who maybe are new to tanning to tan without a guide color. So is there a trick to making sure it's still even? Yeah. A lot of the time, people say, "Well, which one's right for me?" And honestly, yeah. honestly, babe. I describe picking the right tanning formulation like picking a crystal or picking mm-hmm. a type of foundation. Like, do you like powder foundations? Do you like liquid? Like, do you like yeah. oil that turns into powder? Like, it's up to you. Everyone has their preference. Yeah. Also, you can chop and change. Tanning without guide color is really scary at first, mm-hmm. but it's actually all about the art of feeling where you're going. It's about feeling your body. Yeah. So, and a tip is to just keep rubbing in circular motions all over your body mm-hmm. and just keep massaging it in. Wash your palms after use. Re-moisturize your hands mm-hmm. over the top. Re-moisturize your feet and your Achilles heels. Wipe your nails. Done. There you go. It never it never ceases to amaze me that even I don't mess it up when I've had a wine. And I'm like, it really is easy. That is the test, isn't it? I yeah, think. Chardonnay tanning. <laughs> Pin agree. Um, same, same. Okay, I'm going to come back to body confidence now because, like, obviously we've talked about it, but I just, it's such a big one for me personally. But just, I mean, in the beauty industry, we don't, we just don't see it. And now you are, you're a body confidence advocate. You've spent the last, what, upwards of 10 years, you've seen it all, as you say. You've just been getting paid to look at naked bodies for a decade. What would your advice be to anyone that is not feeling confident in their own skin? I think um, 
It's important to recognize that body confidence doesn't mean taking off your clothes, putting on a pair of heels and walking down the street like a badass. Yeah. That is not body confidence. Very different. Body confidence doesn't happen overnight. And even I, a body confidence advocate, still have the days where I wobble and the moments where I wobble because I'm a human being Mm -hmm. and I live in this society. And that is the name of the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... Body confidence is about remembering that there is no magic wand that's going to come in Mm -hmm. and wave it and be like, here's the body of Blake Lively. Surprise. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. And you need to remember, just close your eyes now. If you're listening to this, close your eyes and wiggle your toes. Like your body is a physical being that was made up from two genetic compounds really from your parents and you are a matter of cells and Mm -hmm. water and really your body is the vessel that is carrying you through this life now you have a choice you can either hate your body and repeatedly manifest everything that you hate so you can say every morning when you look in front of the mirror i hate my thighs i hate my thighs why don't i have thighs like my sister why don't i have my thighs like this woman that i see every day Or, and let me tell you, when you negatively manifest, it repeats itself and then you actually believe that it's true and you have horrible thighs. Mm -hmm. Or you can change that thought process and focus on the bits that you love Mm -hmm. and the bits that you're grateful for. Because you, we are so lucky that we can walk. We are so lucky that our bodies can do what it does. Like, get a fucking grip. Like, there are so many people who have so many physical impairments and issues and people who have such hard lives that really in our society we shouldn't be moaning about bodies we should be grateful an example i hate my love handles i hate that i've got them but i've always had them Mm -hmm. they're there yes i can fall into the comparison trap i can look at other guys and be like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god but i really like my eyes I really, yeah. really, really like my eyes. I love my hands. I love my skin. I really like yeah. my skin. My hair's great. like the fact that I'm going a little bit gray at the front. I like my ears. And get a piece of paper, put on one side of it things I like, put on the other side things I don't like, draw a line down the middle, mm-hmm. and write everything on either side. It doesn't have to be loads, but like maybe five things, whatever you've got. Stare at it, tear the piece of paper in half and the side of stuff that you don't like scrunch it up and put it in the bin and say i'm done Mm -hmm. throw it in the bin say i'm done because babe you're done life's too short make peace with your body and i just want to cut that whole bit out and send it to all of my girlfriends but oh every speechless which is rare from me (laughs) It's, it's, but it's the truth. I like I try to thank my body every day because, like, we all have our you know shitty off days, and we've all struggled with self esteem and you know not loving what we see in the mirror. But how lucky we are that we have a heart that's pumping blood around our body and a brain that life works and is thinks. hard, but mm. we are not. And this is what I've learned from tanning: you are not defined by your body. Yeah. I have tanned women with one leg i've tanned women Mm. so weak from cancer surgery and going through leukemia that they can't stand in the booth and they have to sit down i've tanned women who have had mastectomies i've tanned women who have 
they just struggle with their appearance. You can't even bear to put the robe down and have to have the tan with their eyes shut the whole time because they can't look in the mirror. Mm. But I never judge that person from what they look like because at the end of the day, my car is on the meter. I've got shit to do. Yeah. But what I judged them by was, did you make me a cup of tea when I arrived? Mm -hmm. Did you give me a hug when I left? Did you smile? Did you say thank you? Did you make me laugh? Because that's what makes you. You're not like you're not defined by your body. And the moment that that penny dropped for me, the moment my life got better, the less fucks I gave, mm. the happier I, be- I became. And it's funny today. Somebody said in my ear, like, oh, I wish I looked like that guy over there. He's so ripped. He's so happy. And I went, he probably has protein powder for breakfast oh, yeah. and he probably takes a million selfies a day. And he is probably miserable. Mm. I can eat gelato with no cares in the world yes. because I'm enjoying the gelato. You might get hit by a bus tomorrow. Just enjoy your life. Yeah. You've put it so much more articulately than I could because I was trying to explain to one of my girlfriends quite recently. She was, you know, having an off day as we all do. But I was like, people don't... If When you're described, if, if I said like, oh, I met Jules, I'm not going to say, oh, he's the one in the stripy top. I'm going to say, oh, he was so funny and this and that and the other. No one ever says, like, if if the characteristic that people remember about you is, oh, the thin one or, oh, with the blonde hair. Like, what does that say about, about you? Yeah, it says more about the way that you judge. Yeah. But a thing that I noticed, especially a lot within women, mm. is that it's like round the cauldron talking about things that you hate about yourself. Yeah. Don't fucking do it. Don't sit in that circle. Oh, I'm so bloated today. Oh, I'm breaking mm-hmm. out because of my period. Oh, my hair's so lank. Don't do it. Nah. Stop doing it. You're all dragging each other down into a massive shame spiral. Yep. What is your existence? What are you doing? Mm. Don't and then, do it. And it is a, a shame spiral because then if you are having a good day, you then start to feel guilty about like, oh, well, Another thing that really annoys me, and I've learned this from a client... I feel like I'm ranting, but I feel like no, I'm no, teaching. No, 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 I love this. If I say to you, mm-hmm. babe, I love your skin when you haven't got makeup on. Oh, I always say thank you very much yeah. because that's, yeah. That's but what you should do. But so many people, no, it's go, awful. Oh God, it's spotty. No. no, it's really yeah. like I need to put a serum on and all of this. That is my choice whether I choose to pay you mm. a compliment. Whether you believe it or not, I don't care. Yep. That's my thoughts. It's my opinion. You should thank me for sharing my opinion. Yeah. And the moment you start doing that, you'll start to see a shift with how people are around you and how your mental thought process is. Literally, these are a few really simple exercises, but I'm, I promise you, you will see such a big knock-on effect. Hmm. I think people get scared. It's a bit like that bit in Mean Girls where she says, oh, but you're really pretty. And she says, oh, thank you. And she says, oh, so you agree. You think you're really pretty. So I think people get worried that if they accept the compliment, they're going to look arrogant but that's not arrogant you're just saying thank you yeah thank you like i can't help it hon it's my genetics yeah. <laughs> thanks my mum liked my face before and i said thank you i've had it for ages <laughs> yeah you grew it yourself <laughs> i'm here all week so upwards of 10 years you've been a part of the beauty industry i hope that we're starting to see a shift towards you know self-acceptance body confidence all of this what are some of the big changes that you have seen in the last 10 years within the beauty industry? Um, well, within the last year, definitely body confidence. That's yeah. been huge. Um, shades. Shades has been a yeah. huge thing. Um, unbelievable. Um, airbrushing on set. That's 
that's okay. changing. Um, that's really changing. And also talent and celebrities being really honest about when they're airbrushed. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I have a client and she has three wrinkles in one eyelid and two wrinkles in the other. And it's in her contract that she has to have one wrinkle taken out. No. Now this is a, an older client who has insecurities, like, mm-hmm. and is that of that old celebrity circuit. Yeah. The new wave coming in is all about being open, and mm. this is hugely changing, hugely changing. And airbrushing and smoothing skin and making people look aspirational is no longer desirable, and that's that's definitely the biggest change. Also, what I love is happening at the moment is people are smiling in campaigns yes people are smiling people look happy um we're stepping away from this luxe high fashion mm-hmm. um you want to be coldness. able to see yourself in a campaign you want to be able to look you want to go, go I can do that. oh they look fun. like me they look like yeah. they're having fun rather than wow a yacht in capri with a foundation on a stick that i'll never <laughs> use and i'll never go to perfect that's what gets me about fragrance commercials. They're my absolute oh. favorite. They're my favorite because there's almost this level of like, who did this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's one in particular. I don't even know what the fragrance is, but and I'm sure it's a beautiful perfume, but Charlize Theron coming out of that pool of gold. Well, <sighs> fragrance adverts are like mood boards. They're like they're like how fashion people talk about things. I once had a fashion designer say to me at a show, he was like, I really want this skin to look wet but dry. Jesus. And I was like, sorry? And he was like, I want them to look like they're underwater, covered in sand, but they've come from outer space, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. No. I walked over to my sister and I was like, no idea what we're doing. Just put a bit of moisturizer on and we'll just deal yeah. with it. Give her a mist. <laughs> this will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just do a bit on the collarbones and let's jazz her up a bit. It'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So they're the changes that we've seen over the last couple of years. What do you think we can expect to see from the beauty industry for the next few years? I think what's so amazing is that the pendulum is swinging at the moment. When mm-hmm. the pendulum swings, it has to swing really far one way. So we're seeing huge amounts of diversity. We're seeing. Mm-hmm. So much so where it's so refreshing, but the pendulum's going to come back and I can't wait to see what happens when it just levels out a bit. Yeah. And when people aren't getting booked because of their skin color and to tick the boxes, I think that's the thing that's bubbling around at the moment. Mm. I I can't wait for people to just be booked on talent and accomplishment within life. Like whatever it is, if you took your three kids to school every day on time, like, that would be an incredible... That's mm. an incredible accomplishment. Why can't you be accomplished for that? Yeah. How long do you think it'll take for that to start happening? I'd like to see that within the next three years. Okay. I'd like to see that trickling through. It's probably Isle of Paradise that's going to do it. No other bloody bastard will. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, keep, we'll do little um, progress checks. I'm so sweary now. I'm so sorry. I'll never apologise. Okay, I'll, perfect. I'll put the little explicit sign next Cheers. to Cheers. So that's what we can expect to see next from the beauty industry as a whole. But my final question, what's next for Isle of Paradise? We have, um, oh my God, so much. We have a really, really, really big collaboration um, that hopefully we'll be launching at the end of the year. We have a few new products still to come out this year and that will be coming to Australia. Yes. Yes. 
and you know I like to start movements I like to yes, start yes that you do so yeah pull pull that seatbelt on buckle in because there's one big movement that's gonna come probably within the next month and I can't tell you it's huge that was Jules Von Hip, founder of Isle of Paradise which you can find on Instagram at the Isle of Paradise and at Jules Von Hip. To read my interview with Jules, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me. 